0: Hey, and welcome to Hypnotize Me, the podcast about hypnosis, transformation, and healing. This is Dr. Elizabeth Bonet, and I'm your host. This podcast is not a substitute for mental health treatment, nor should it be. If you need therapy or hypnotherapy, please seek a trained professional. I do hypnosis all over the world, so if you'd like to learn more about me, you can do that at my website, drlizhypnosis.com. That's D-R-L-I-Z hypnosis.com. Now on to our episode. Hi. Hi. Dr. Liz here, and I'm back for another episode with a really great interview, Dee, Dee Verge. But before I tell you about that, I want to mention that this episode is sponsored by astrologer Rachel Middleton. Rachel is an amazing astrologer, I highly recommend her. Astrology can help you understand situations that are going on in your life or plan for things that are coming up, like a favorable wedding date or a favorable time to start a business or launch a business or when to do research and when to take it out into the world. Astrology is often helpful for those kinds of things too. You can contact her at firstmagnitude at gmail.com. That's F-I-R-S-T-M-A-G-N-I-T-U-D-E at gmail.com or through Medium. So it's medium.com slash iHeartAstrology. And if you mention Dr. Liz or the Hypnotize Me podcast, you get a 10% discount on a consultation or reading. This week, I interviewed Dee Verge, who's a hypnotist with a lot of online products, actually. Her website is brainhacks101.com. I met her in one of my online groups, actually, for women hypnotists. This is a really lovely group. I meet all kinds of really wonderful people in that group. And Didi is one of them. And she had actually helped me with another flare up of arthritis. We did that session after we did this interview. But you can probably hear my interest when I keep asking more and more questions about the arthritis case that she presents. (laughs) It was really for my own benefit. I ended up doing a consultation with her anyway and she completely took it away in my hands so She doesn't just talk about arthritis, though, in this interview. She talks about fibromyalgia and curing an allergy. She does a lot of work with allergies. So I think you'll find it quite fascinating since she really loves to talk about cases. and I know people love to hear about cases. And these are all with her permission, by the way. They were people that are in her product that she sells online. So she has permission to talk about their cases. Before we jump in. Remember, you can text the word hypnotize to 444-999, and it's an easy way to join the newsletter and get free hypnosis files from me. That's 444-999 and the word hypnotize. Also, just a note, the cat has a bell now. So you may hear her on the background sometimes, (laughs) okay? I had to put a bell on her because she is an indoor-outdoor cat, and if you've listened to the podcast over time, you'll know that some of the noises are sometimes the cat. It's the cat feeder going off, or the cat eating her kibble, or coming in and out of the pet door. I have a pet door specifically for the cat, although the dog likes it too. But she just kept bringing in like creatures and mangled and they just made me so sad and I just lost it one day when she brought in this beautiful little bird. So we had to brainstorm and say, okay, how do we stop this? Because she is an indoor outdoor cat and she would go nuts staying just in the house. But how do I protect the little creatures of our neighborhood? So I thought a bell. I'll put a bell on her collar and it'll warn them that she's coming, (laughs) right? So she can't like pounce on them. And so far it's worked. Like since we've put the bell on her, she hasn't brought anything into the house. And I am so happy. This is happening, I don't know, like once or twice a week. It was a lot. I never knew what I was going to wake up to or walk in in the afternoon and see on my floor in the living room. So you may hear her little bell if she's walking around the house while I'm recording sometimes. And that's what that is. It is not the fairies making an appearance. It is the cat. Although I'm sure there are fairies around too. All right. Hope you enjoy this interview. Hi, Dee. Dee. Welcome to the Hypnotize Me podcast.
1: Hi, Elizabeth. It's my pleasure to be here.
0: I'm so glad this worked out. I know it was we had some um, rescheduling happen at the last minute, but I'm happy you're here. And I'm going to jump right into our questions. A question I ask a lot of the people I interview who are professional hypnotists is what was your first experience with hypnosis?
1: Uh, My first experience in working with clients or... Personal. My first personal? Oh, well, funny you should ask. Because before... Nobody's ever asked me that question. Thanks. Before I... Originally took my hypnosis training. I was in an NLP course. Well, it wasn't really an NLP course, it was a psychotherapy course, but she taught a lot of NLP based uh, protocols. Mm -hmm. So, and I know from doing a lot of NLP, the moment you have somebody focus on something and they go inside, they automatically go into a trance. So my first experience was when I was the demonstration model for something called parts work, which is used widely in hypnosis. Mm -hmm. And I remember that I was in my 20s, my mid 20s, I think it was about 27 years old when I decided to go back to school But I had learned a behavior from my father called being a workaholic. (laughs) Uh (laughs) And I was literally driving myself crazy and making myself very ill. I didn't know it at the time, but that was previous to me becoming ill for 10 years with um, chronic fatigue syndrome and Epstein-Barr and a bunch of things like that. But so she used me as the demonstration model for parts work. And did this amazing transformative thing where she got the part of me that was the workaholic to actually see the way that it was not good for me, give me advice. And when 11 o'clock would come at night, I used to have a pattern of going, come on, you could just do more. You could just do one more thing. Just keep going and pushing and pushing and pushing myself. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny. I would see 11 o'clock and I would just say, okay, time to shut it all down. <laughs>
0: Wow. So it's a huge shift for you.
1: It was amazing. And when I emerged back into the class, everybody was staring gobsmacked. And I thought, what's the big deal here? Uh You know, like, I just I didn't understand the implications of what had happened until I saw it in my life. And of course, parts work is one of my most favorite things, especially when working with chronic illness or chronic disease. Mm. So we'll talk more about that a little bit later. But but that was my first foray and my first experience. And then I went on, because of that, to use a lot of parts work before I even became a hypnotist. And when I dealt with people with any kind of chronic illness or disease, I just have them go into the, the part of their body where they felt that,
0: mm-hmm.
1: allow an image to appear, and give it a voice, and then dialogue with the image that knew about why the disease is there.
0: Mm, Lovely.
1: It's just, it's fascinating, because what I've discovered from my experience, and I don't know what other hypnotists have told you, is that at the mind-body level, there is no distinction between emotional and physical. It's blurred, So let me give you an example of what I'm talking about.
0: I'm going to pause you just for a moment before you do that. And for the listeners that don't know, parts work is a technique we use often in psychotherapy and in hypnosis where we talk to the different parts of yourself. So we all have these different parts that operate for us. Let's say um, the workaholic, right? (laughs) Or the mother or the father or the uh, lover, like all these different parts. So we we learn how to talk to those parts. All right, continue.
1: Yeah, and the part, the or we call them sub-personalities or parts, if that might make more sense to people, mm-hmm. because you know sometimes you have to step into the mother role when you need to be a mother, or yes. when you're out in the business role, you kind of put on your, I'm in my business mode. Well, mm-hmm. that's we, we label them as sub-personalities that, that either go in the foreground or the background, and the only problem is with them is when one kind of takes over like my workaholic and and just shuns the rest of them into the background. So, so going back to how I would work with chronic illness is I just go in and have them feel the symptom and then ask the part of them that knows about why the symptom is there, mm.
0: you
1: know, why the disease is there. And at that level, people people would speak, as you know, it, not as themselves, but in, in third person, they'd say, Well, I'm trying to tell her that she needs to relax Mm -hmm. or I'm trying to tell her that, well, to give you an example, a woman that came in with this skin condition in the very beginning of my career, it stands out so much because it was so interesting. She couldn't stand to even wear clothes on her body. And this was a problem because she couldn't get dressed to go to work in the morning. Yeah. So, the part told me, well, she's really uptight. She's inflexible. She's got to loosen up, you know, and then what would happen This this client only came in twice. Mm-hmm. What would happen is the skin condition would temporarily um, abate for her. It would just go down and and it wouldn't bother her for about six months. But then she'd come in again in six months later and but she'd never take the advice about what the part said. And in, that was very early in my career and I didn't understand. I thought, well, if she wants to book another appointment, you know, mm-hmm. she'll just come back in to do that work. I didn't understand that people need a little push. You know, I, it would, it would have been, I, nowadays I would have said, you know, your part has told you this, this is what we need to work on. If you want this to stay away forever, we need you to work on being more flexible, not, you know, being so uptight and rigid mm-hmm. the, Information comes from them, so it's not like I'm insulting them by telling them this. It comes right out of their mouth, yeah. And they hear themselves saying, in third person, you know, this is what has to happen in order for this to go away. So uh, now I would say to them, I highly recommend that you come back in and we work on you being a little bit more flexible with life and and changing their beliefs around that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we know it works we know it works. I've talked, it just reminds me of another case of skin condition, a boy that came in, he had severe rosacea. And he was his basically what the sim, the symptom or the part said, is that he goes inside and he starts beating himself up ferociously oh. about everything.
0: Hmm.
1: Okay, and his reaction of his skin or his immune system would be to like, cause this rosacea and usually when they stop the behavior the condition goes away Mm -hmm. or as we first met through a mutual friend that I worked with with fibromyalgia she actually when we spoke to what I like to call the symptom or the part and she addressed the reason why the fibromyalgia was there which was something she'd always known her entire life um, it ranged between uh, on a pain scale four, being mildly in the background to you know ten at times. She had never not known the pain. Mm-hmm. We discovered that what she was doing was she was holding on to everybody's hurts. Oh. So she she was accumulating this kind of this energy within her body, because to her that meant being a good person, you know. So she was a body worker as well. Mm-hmm. Um, therapist and a hypnotist so imagine like she's collecting all these hurts and she's feeling like well if I hold on to them you know sometimes we get the idea if I hold on to their pain they'll feel they'll feel less hurt mm-hmm. it's kind of like taking on other people's problems so as soon as she realized that and she let it go she never she hasn't had pain since the fibromyalgia pain is totally gone wow. now say that it always happens that quickly, Elizabeth. Sometimes Mm -hmm. we have those cases where they're miraculous, but she's also someone who's very aware already because she's a hypnotist. So she understood it. Unlike the lady whose part told her, you're very, very rigid in life. You're too uptight. You're too controlling. She got the information, but she just kind of blew it off or let it go or, or didn't pay attention to it.
0: So, so I had a question about that. So when they blow it off or don't pay attention to it, then are you looking for secondary gain from the illness or, you know, is it individual? Like, where do you go from there?
1: Well, I don't think they intentionally blow it off. I think what happens is, remember how I told you after my experience, I thought, what's the big deal when I opened up my eyes and I saw everybody looking around me absolutely gobsmacked? Uh Uh-huh. I, I kind of thought, well, what's the big deal here? What's going on? Why are you all looking at me like that? That's from the perspective of being a client. And I didn't think about the session after that. I only realized that something had changed, and it had changed profoundly.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I think as from the perspective of a client, they're just like, they just don't think about the session after
0: that. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I I just, I think they just... I I don't know. I mean, I had a very different experience with hypnosis. Okay. Well, sh-
1: did you, you mean with parts work with yourself?
0: Um, let me read, let me, let me, let me. Okay, refer- no, because I didn't do parts work in mine, but it was interesting because we were working on something and my hypnotherapist checked whether there was secondary gain there for me. And uh, the answer was no, but... Um, I went home and took obsessive notes about it, (laughs) you know, and I think about it a lot, actually. Okay. And that's what I
1: was going to say. I was going to say, it all depends on the person. Yeah. Yeah as you know, each one of our clients is the, their own unique little snowflake, I like to call them, because nobody responds the same. Mm-hmm. So me as the client, I kind of just didn't think about it after that, but I did notice the changes. Whereas other people, you know, they've got their notepad and they say, Didi, what kind of homework should I do? Or other people like the person that I worked with with the fibromyalgia was very self-aware, and again, she's not going to let that behavior spring forth again. So I think what it is, is it all depends on the person. But again, I think my job as the hypnotherapist is to make very clear that if you want the problem, the health challenge to go away, you have to listen to what the part is telling you about why it got created mm, okay. in the first place. So I think it's it's on us a little bit as therapists to make sure that they come back and do the work or at least offer it now mm-hmm you offer it and they choose not to, there's nothing you can do about that. Mm -hmm. Right. Because that's also happened too. They're like, no, I'm fine. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, you'll be fine. And then you'll be back six months later when you, you get entrenched in that behavior again, that's causing you to, you know, become ill.
0: Yes. Yes. Okay. So once that part speaks and says, Hey, you need to be more flexible, let's say, or you need to slow down, or you need to stop working at 11 o'clock at night, let's say. So then is the goal there is like, all right, let's work on this stuff that the part told you to work on.
1: Right. Because, you know, for me, I'm a very flexible person. But for her to say, oh, you just need to be more flexible. That's not easy for someone who's like white knuckling everything with control. Right. Right. Yeah. So, you know, it may seem the information saying may see that comes from the part may seem, oh, it's just easy. Okay. You just got to let go a little bit. But to someone like her as rigid, uptight and had to control every little thing and probably, to be honest with you, everyone in her life, Mm -hmm. which, as you know, causes problems because we can't everything, and when you try to, you're just going to end up sadly disappointed and frustrated.
0: Right? <laughs> totally right. Yeah. So you
1: know, for for them, it's a problem.
0: Yes. Yes. They get very invested in it.
1: Yeah, they do. So another example of someone that I worked with with parts work, her, she was losing her eyesight, and she was she would describe her marriage to me, and I'm thinking to myself, "You're an abused woman." Mm-hmm. She couldn't see it. Mm. And the part told her it came direct, it said, what you base your meaning on for your relationship is a very fickle, you know, mm. so it's, it explained why she was losing her eyesight. She was somebody who didn't come back. And again, I didn't push people at that time by making suggestions.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And she had no intention of leaving the relationship. You know, despite mm. the fact of what she heard about her eyes and, and what she wasn't seeing, I guess. I don't want to make that metaphor because it, that didn't come from her. But it just said basically everything you've based your life on. Because this, this man did not allow her to have any associations or friends. Whoa. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. So he was controlling her and she just thought this was normal. Mm. <laughs> she was willingly going along with it at some level. So there would be a, a case of secondary gain. It's like, well, it's harder for me to leave the relationship and realize that I'm an abused woman because mm-hmm. in our, in our minds, the way he was treating her, I don't know if he actually physically hit her, but he restricted her and, and ke- kept her emotionally, uh, believing she was not all that,
0: mm-hmm. Do you know, I mean? emotional so, abuse sounds like yeah,
1: emotional abuse. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes a part creates a circumstance to wake us up yes to try and tell us and we know this with cancer right because many people even Lance Armstrong said the people that do get through the cancer sometimes they'll say you know what it was it was a gift in a way because it made me realize there's more important things in life or Lance Armstrong said it made me a better person because i guess he w- he felt like he was a bit of you know not mm-hmm. such a great guy before that yeah. in terms of is his humanness right. so So I'll give you another quick story about how instantly a part can create disease. This was a very good friend of mine. He was like an artist through and through. You know, when we describe an artist of not being organized, losing a sense of time, getting so into the creative world that... You know, Mm -hmm. he said I I would paint for like five hours and I basically couldn't tie my shoes after, Mm -hmm. you know, so so he was getting so much in his creative brain that I like to do something linear, like tying his shoes afterwards. You know, he he was a through and through artist, but he had, again, this father that had all these properties and the father would send him around to do all the construction on the properties and he didn't like it, but he was kind of in a catch 22 because he needed to work to have some money but at the same time you know all he really wanted to do was be an artist and he of course didn't want to disappoint his father or or, or speak up to him or whatever the situation was so he's I remember this so exactly he said I was listening to the radio one day while I was doing something and they said oh with leukemia now there's a an 80% cure rate and he said to himself he said, oh, I wonder if I got that. I wouldn't have to do this anymore, meaning the construction. Wow. Bam, down he came with it. Oh, my gosh. After, yeah, he got the leukemia. So what ended up happening from that is he was a very alternative, took herbs and and things like that. And he actually cured himself. He, I think he went through conventional treatment, too, and got bone marrow and everything else. Okay. But eventually he he rid himself of that. And guess what? he had a nice disability check. Mm-hmm. His father would rarely bother him anymore. And he got to paint all day. He got his ideal life. So <laughs> that kind of tells you how amazing the mind is, and why we have to be careful what we ask for. We can ask for things, but we may want to say, I want to be an artist in a way that's healthy for me. Yes, yeah. I'm down with leukemia to become an artist. We see this all the time in our business. I'm sure you have your stories about people who are in abusive situations and all of a sudden they become allergic to cigarette smoke so mm-hmm. that they won't go back to their ex and won't get reeled in anymore because they they smoke. Yes. Right? So, oh, the allergy is preventing me from ever talking to him. I, I'd like to talk to him, but I can't because, you know, I have an asthma attack.
0: Uh-huh. I have- <laughs> yes. I, I want to be clear too that not all cancer is caused by psychological reasons. No, 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 of course not. But no. some, you know, when someone is saying to you, well, I know why I got it because of this, then that that's something to listen to for that person.
1: And anyway, it's not just cancer. Some people unconsciously trip and break their foot. You know, they don't like the job they're in, Yes, but they can't yeah. find a way out of it. So, you know, they say, I don't know why I didn't see that carpet. Uh-huh. Standing out there. well, <laughs> It's true. Kind of did. But there was a part of you that said, I can't bear another day at work. Yeah, thing drastic here. Right?
0: Yeah. So, so how do you use hypnosis with fibromyalgia?
1: It doesn't matter what the disease is. There's a couple different things that I do. So always, I like to discover at the unconscious level, if there's anything mind body related, because on a rare occasion like for example when i went in and talked to this guy's part in his shoulder that understood about the pain in his shoulder it said he needs surgery period that's it it was purely physical he needed surgery for his shoulder okay so i like to kind of poke around and find out okay is there any emotional work we need to do around this are they getting secondary gain are they you know is this did they break their foot so they don't have to go back to work because The information comes from them. I ask the question, it comes out of their mouth, and they hear what they need to do. And if they address those things, usually the problem goes away. Or like, for example, with someone with rheumatoid arthritis, the symptoms or the inflammation goes down substantially, It doesn't cure it, Mm -hmm. but it kind of, they don't flare up in other words. Because mm. the emotions are what's getting them to flare up—the stress, the angst, the frustration, being in a job they hate, or whatever it is—that's what's causing them to flare up.
0: Yes, yes. Okay.
1: So does that make so does that make sense? So first, I go in and I poke around there. There's other things that we can do um, with hypnosis, for example. You can take them back to a time in their life when they were at the top of their game, when they had perfect health, mm-hmm. and you can you can do a visualization that where you find out what it looks like inside, how their immune system is working, how it's taking care of, you know, everyday viruses and things like that. So I just did something recently, again, with somebody with rheumatoid arthritis. And as you know, rheumatoid arthritis is an autoimmune disease. It's where your body starts to mistakenly attack its own joints. Yes. So we went inside, we got his, I call it a blueprint, your blueprint that you were born with for Mm -hmm. perfect health. And I said, go look at your immune system. Notice how it handles viruses. And then we bring him back to his present day where he has the rheumatoid arthritis. Okay, notice the difference between the two. Now how your immune system is responding. It seems that it's made a mistake, hasn't it, right? Because mm-hmm. it, it has. I said, well, you need to instruct your immune system, Bring map over the blueprint. That's what we do. We map over the blueprint we need to bring this blueprint back in because and you need to make sure you communicate with your immune system and tell it it's made a mistake somehow it got off track Mm. but this is how you need to behave in this situation this is what's healthy this is what's normal so we'll map over a blueprint for health
0: oh fascinating
1: yeah it is i'm telling you it is so interesting I'll grab people with a disease just because it's so fun to work with. And I'll say, listen, listen, <laughs> if you let me record it, like make a video of it, uh-huh. I'll give the session for free because I saw that he was a good, a really, really good visualizer. And I knew that if I got him to see health versus his present day disease circumstance, that he would get it. Mm-hmm. And he did. He, he got did. it. Like, this was Amazing. And he just went inside. He was a real man's man type guy. He's like, I said, you yeah, know, you have to, you have to use your language that works for your client. I said, well, you're the leader. These are your soldiers. You mm-hmm. to tell them what's going. You've got to redirect them and make sure they get back on protocol, right? Like, uh-huh. so depending on your client, I might not use that analogy with everybody but for him it worked and he got it and he did it and he's just so we're going to check back in in 3 months because I always say okay now ask your body how long before it's healed and he said and they always come up with an answer you know they'll always say a week, 2 weeks, depending 3 months so his specific time frame was 3 months
0: okay so they're giving you a time frame too
1: you can just ask you say okay how long before the body's healed first thing that comes to mind right and but it, the answer always comes I'll tell you the time frame always comes
0: always comes so you've never had someone say oh, it's not going to heal no 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 and by it's <laughs> <That's> good right <laughs> that would be like okay let's look at why why is it not going to heal yeah
1: but i have them commit to do the work though i say so long as you commit To do what the part has told you, Uh how long before the body's healed. Now, healed means something different for everybody. He may still have the rheumatoid arthritis. He just might, it might have stopped the inflammation and the crippling of his joints. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes, yes. Like when we do the allergy process with people, are you familiar with the allergy
0: process? I don't think so. I mean, I've used hypnosis for allergies for myself. Like when they okay. start to flare up. <laughs> <I> <laughs> listen to my <laughs> hypnosis tape on allergies. Right.
1: To be honest, like not to give myself a shameless plug, but I have a product called Health Packs 101. Mm-hmm. So on that product, I have communicating with a symptom what we just talked about. And I have the allergy process. And so with the allergy process, we can retrain the immune system once again to not be allergic to something.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But when a person goes back and gets the allergy tested, It'll still they'll still test for it being present, but it's gone. So to give you an example, once again, and this is on my product.
0: Gone, meaning like they just don't have allergy to that anymore. They can eat
1: the food or they can be around the pollen and they Mm -hmm. don't respond. The immune system doesn't respond with histamines and hives and a swelling windpipe and everything else. Now, everybody be careful when I say this, right? Uh Because according to research, it works, you know, 70 percent of the time.
0: That's so an incredible amount, though. That's, I mean, that's a well, really yeah, high effectiveness rate. Yes, yes, not right for everybody.
1: In my, in my product tutorial. I say, if you're going to test this, be safe. Have an EpiPen. Don't assume it's going to work all the time. So, for example, I had a woman with uh, she, you know, have you ever seen this, Elizabeth? People, they'll start out with one allergy. It'll be like to cantaloupe and then it'll go to watermelon and then it'll go to apples, pears, orange. And then eventually they can't eat anything.
0: No, I've never seen that, but, but I don't work that much with allergies. So I believe well, you. Know. A lot of
1: people, they call them food sensitivities because uh-huh. it's not an out and out allergy. Oh,
0: yes. Food, food sensitivities. Absolutely. And where they end up on this like extremely restrictive diet. Yeah. Yes. So,
1: so this, this process that I'm talking about works well for food intolerances or allergies. So anyway, this woman came in and I think in 1989, she had first developed an allergy to one fruit, and then basically she couldn't eat any fruit after that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I said, what's your favorite fruit? We're going to work on that. She says, and she was an Indian lady. She was so cute because she was so enthusiastic. She goes, oh, I love cantaloupe. I love it. So what I did was I went and bought a big juicy cantaloupe mm-hmm. for the next day, and I cut it up into all these slices. And I asked her, so what's it like before the allergy? or Before when you have the allergy, what happens when you eat cantaloupe? And she says, my windpipe swells, my lips burn, my ears burn. Mm-hmm. It feels like acid in my stomach. Um, she didn't get like hives or anything like that, but she did get most of the typical symptoms of an allergy. Yeah. We did We did the process where we retrained the immune system to respond to cantaloupe as though it was another healthy fruit that she could really tolerate. hmm I think I think we used mango because mango was the one thing she wasn't allergic to. So we retaught her immune system to respond to cantaloupe as though it was mango. Okay. And uh, and I had her eating cantaloupe and she loved it after that. She's just she was so excited she could finally eat it again. But having said that, I said bring an EpiPen in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like when we test this, you have to be safe. You cannot You've got to bring that pen in and make sure. Not that she ever had an anaphylactic shock, but you never know with allergies. Yes, yes. So when I called her, I think it was four days later. She'd been eating cantaloupe like crazy for four days. <laughs> and I said, "So how's it feel?" <laughs> yeah, I know. Right? She was so excited because she hadn't eaten fruit. I bet. Yeah. So she said, "Dee Dee, to be honest with you, it's like ninety-five percent gone." She says just, I feel my lips are a little bit tingling. I think she used the word tingling. I'm trying to hard to remember, but mm-hmm. I think it was tingling. She goes, I feel a little bit of tingling in my lips. I said, well, 95% is better than a kick in the pants. <laughs> so yes, like you can
0: eat it now. Fascinating.
1: It's totally, I, I'm telling you, it is so fascinating.
0: I want to go back for a minute to the rheumatoid arthritis case.
1: Yeah. Oh, I got another one to tell you about that too. But okay. Let's
0: <laughs> so when you're working with him and he says, okay, three months to heal,
1: mm-hmm. right? And
0: I need to go home and do what? Like, what is it that came, if you're okay with sharing yeah, with that?
1: With him, because honestly, he was one client where I'd never seen anyone so visual and so not auditory or kinesthetic. Mm-hmm. Well, he had a little bit of kinesthetic, which means he could feel the pain. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was not auditory at all. So there was no speaking to the part and he was highly, highly visual. Uh, so I just said, you're to go in three times a day and you're to check on your, your, your team, your soldiers and make sure they're following protocol. And he said, yes, I will do that. Okay. So, so long as they do what they're supposed to do, there usually isn't a problem, but I will be checking back with them in one week and then, and I think by the time this is aired, I might even have an answer for you.
0: Okay, fascinating. So we,
1: we can just kind of post that somewhere you can, you know, put it in the interview. But
0: yeah, totally. So, when you say he goes in, and he checks on his soldiers. I want to get concrete here. Sorry. Okay.
1: <laughs> okay. He Visualize. he sees, he goes, drops down inside of his body. Okay. And he checks to make sure, because he had certain visualizations for what
0: The soldiers properly, are supposed to be doing.
1: Yeah, properly responding immune system looks like.
0: Okay. So you're exploring that in, in the hypnosis session. Like, what does it look like for you? What are you know, the soldiers supposed, supposed like? to be doing that they're not yeah. doing right now? Yeah. Well, we look
1: at, I always ask, what's the energy like? What color is it? And what when you go into your joints, what's the disease state look like, the inflammation? Mm-hmm. And then we get an example from Perfect Health about, I think he said, white and clear. Everything's white and clear, whereas the inflammation was orange. And sometimes you say, well, what's, if it were an energy, what would the energy be like? You have to ask very vague general questions and they'll be like, it's dense, it's heavy. Yes. Or it's it's swirling and it's moving or it's throbbing. Yeah. So you've kind of got those submodalities. You have to find out what it looks like in a healthy state versus the disease state to map it over.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Right? So then you're doing that new mapping under hypnosis once you have that. And then that's what he's continuing at home.
1: Yeah, he's just dropping down inside three times a day. He knows what a healthy immune system looks like. He's instructed his soldiers to now, you know, not attack his own joints to respond in a healthy way.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: he's just checking in. He's just making sure it's not going awry again. Okay. Okay, got it. And and then and the immune system is attacking itself. So the next case I want to tell you about was again it was the because I I filmed these people for my my um, health hacks product. So it was the daughter of the Indian lady. Mm -hmm. She had had severe rheumatoid arthritis from the time she was nineteen. And I always ask them. I say, what do you think caused that? Because I want to know where their heads at, right? And she's like, Oh, I had to get. I was going to go work in a hospital, so I had to get this series of shots. So she believes that, you know, getting this series of shots and she could be right on some level, it could have triggered it. Mm -hmm. But what came up for her was, again, they were Indian and in the Indian culture, the males are very dominating and they don't want their daughter to speak much or, Mm -hmm. or be empowered or anything like that. So again, I don't, we don't know for sure what triggered it or caused it. We only know what she needs to do to heal. Mm-hmm. And what the message is there. And the message is for her was you have to have self love and self compassion for yourself because here's how you were raised. And it's almost like, you know, when you have a parent like that that that's pushes you down all the time and puts you down. And, you know, if you do speak up, they, they put you in your place. And then you learn not to speak up for yourself or have a voice or mm-hmm. have an opinion. So that was kind of the problem with her is she was to some degree, you know, because you get scared out. A person gets scared after that to express themselves when they're always getting in trouble for expressing themselves. Mm -hmm. Hers went down to self-love and taking care of yourself and things like that. So here's what occurred the next day after the session. It used to take her one hour of lying in bed to get out of bed because she was so stiff and so rigid and so much joints. Oh yeah. And by the way, we gave her the self love in the session. I said, what color does love look like? See, it spreading around your body. Mm -hmm. Give yourself the self love, give yourself the compassion. Next day she goes, I didn't have to wait in bed. You know, I was just able to get up.
0: Wow.
1: Normal for you. No, it's not normal. Right Mm -hmm. now, to be honest with you, her diet is terrible. Mm -hmm. You know, but with, with it's got to be a whole holistic protocol. You can't eat in, inflammatory foods when you have those kinds of chronic diseases, right? So, well, it's part
0: of that. taking care of yourself, like loving yourself. is yeah, you eat the proper food by
1: putting yeah healthy foods into your body and and caring and respecting that. Mm-hmm. So, because she was my demonstration model, she didn't really opt for any more sessions, mm-hmm. right? For whatever reason again I don't push people I say this is what has to happen I can help you if you want to continue the work it's up to you right Mm -hmm. you'll always see some kind of difference once they're informed about what the disease has to tell them and again Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that lack of self-love caused it I don't know maybe it did maybe the shots and the lack of self-love and just like the boy with the skin condition it builds up it's like he was like a pressure cooker Mm -hmm. inside the boy that would speak badly and beat himself up like senselessly all the time Mm -hmm. it was literally his skin was responding like it was a pressure cooker and 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 it was that's the burning red that was coming out on his cheeks right yes so I think again I can't say for sure I can't say did something trigger it and then her emotions are making it worse will it ever go away I've talked to a hypnotist that had rheumatoid arthritis and he was told to go get a wheelchair and disability in the 90s. And he's perfectly fine. He doesn't say, I don't have the disease. He says, I control the inflammation. And when I have no inflammation, I have no pain.
0: Yes. Yeah. Well, I had really bad arthritis in my hands right after I had kids. And um, they would ache and ache. And then it, it completely went away for like... 15 years. (laughs) I mean, to the point I forgot. Until at one point, I had a flare up. And I was like, Oh, you know, I haven't had this type of pain in like 15 years. So it's really interesting. Yeah, it's not um, what we choose to believe about it or what we choose to forget. Right? Like, Oh, I I just sort of forgot I had that, you know, so it didn't really bother me at all.
1: I you know what, so I had a friend who had a flare up he'd never had rheumatoid arthritis and, and the doctors were telling him that they now believe it's a virus. Mm -hmm. So he got rid of it too, because he's actually one of the world's foremost, um, brainwave entrainment specialist. So he used his own Mm -hmm. products. Sometimes I got to wonder about my friend. His name is Maury, the Maury Method. Uh Because sometimes like I swear he gets things so that he can heal them and make a new product. (laughs) And and I swear to God, there's somebody else we both know, Melissa Roth. Uh I said that to her on camera one day. I said, Melissa, it seems to me that you get every disease you've learned to cure with your clients. <laughs> she might be right on that she's had it all she's had rheumatoid arthritis she's had it all you don't we will never know I'll tell you what we'll never know unless we do you know yeah. rounds and rounds of hypnosis and talk to the the part of the person right right but I swear those two get a disease just so they can hear people.
0: because well.
1: she got a disease her friend Roger Moore who's a hypnotist as well mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, Roger was on the podcast um, last year, I think.
1: He had had crippling arthritis that was so bad that his knuckles were gnarled over. And she really wanted to help him. And then, of Uh course, she came down with it. And then she healed herself and then she healed him. And now, apparently, Roger's fingers and and hands are straight and he can bike 100 miles a day.
0: Whoa, I didn't know that about him. That is funny.
1: You know what? In the end... (laughs) God knows why these diseases come. I, I do believe it's a bit both physical and with cancer, autoimmune. Sure, mm-hmm. a virus triggers it. But I guess the unconscious is going to take advantage of that, right? It's like, okay, well, you le- learn to heal yourself or yes. you learn to take care of yourself. or
0: Right. Or, you know, we all have our own unique emotional blueprints, right? And yeah. physical blueprints. So who knows? what triggers it or what flares or white heels or, you know, all of that processes are so individual.
1: Well, they are. And that's why nobody can ever say, well, is there a pattern? You know, if you have a bad liver, it means you're angry. I say baloney. Like you got to go in. <laughs> Everybody's different. No, I don't like those vague generalizations because I mean, rheumatoid- I don't
0: either. I don't either. I mean, for, for, you know, there's a a very famous author, Louise Hayes's book, that mm-hmm. will give you oh, like, oh, this me. means that, and this means this, and it drives me nuts. And yeah. it just wasn't true for me. Like I carried that oh. book around in my car for I don't know how like, years, really years. And then one day I looked at it and I was like, none of this is true for me. You know? yeah. <laughs> so it went out, right?
1: <laughs> well, so, when I when I got ill myself for about ten years. I had a pain and I believed it to be in my liver because when I looked on the thing, it was pain, it was nausea, it was all this stuff. And everybody kept saying, that means you're angry. And the only thing that made me angry was people telling me that. Then I wanted to kill them. <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm angry right now and you better just duck. <laughs> you Because know? mm-hmm. yeah. when you're not feeling well and everybody's trying to tell you why, you're yes. angry. That means you're angry because you have a pain in your liver.
0: Right. Ugh. Yes. Yeah. And I don't. As I said earlier, you know, I don't believe everybody gets a certain disease because of emotional reasons. I don't believe no, women don't. always give themselves breast cancer. Like I just don't believe it. You know, Listen, so if you live beside Chernobyl, you're probably gonna get cancer. Like, <laughs> like hello. That's true. It's, but if there is an emotional component, then often we can use hypnosis to help I, you heal I like that.
1: If, if the emotional component is aggravating it. So to uh, once again, to give you another example, because I met a woman yesterday who I'm we're going to collaborate because she had the most severe rheumatoid arthritis for 15 years and then she cured herself. Well, she didn't cure herself. I'll say she healed herself where she no longer has the symptoms to any large degree. But I'm talking deformity in the knuckles and all that. Mm-hmm. She showed me a picture. She said, this is eight months ago. This is stress versus not stress. In the one picture, her hand was literally blown up to double the size. Wow. And in the other hand, which she had, I guess she had dealt with the stress, whatever it is. And again, you can can know why it's caused, but sometimes the way we respond to the stress, especially big life events, even her, she kind of fell back into the, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: the causes that caused her hand to blow up. But she said, I show my clients this because just getting my stress under control. So I think it's the stressors and the emotions that aggravate the pre-existing conditions.
0: Yes. Yeah. I, but it I, was I amazing. I'm going to get
1: that picture from her and, and use it on my website because
0: cool. Cool. It's, it's just and and
1: she's a holistic. She did it all through holistic. But I'll tell you what her pattern is that I see. If I'm going to make any kind of generalization when I see chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia with women, mm-hmm. it's that they are neglecting themselves. Everybody else comes first. They take care of everybody and they go to excessive extremes and they are a workaholic, but in the terms of caregivers. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's one pattern I've seen with, or super achievers, like, I can do it all. And they're burning themselves out so badly.
0: I would agree with that. Or they're. They're sacrificing, like their, their model is that, that I'm sacrificing myself. Mm-hmm.
1: So I've seen, so in a, they get this disease and they're forced to slow down, but they, they get slowed down to the point where they can't even work anymore. They can't mm. even hold a job. So that's the unfortunate thing.
0: Right. Well, we are at the end of our time. Please let people know how to find you and how to find some of your products.
1: So my products are Brain Hacks 101. So Brain Hacks spelled, and then the numbers 101.com. Um, if you're listening to this, the, the product you may want to get is the Health Hacks. Mm-hmm. But I also have weight loss hacks and anxiety hacks. And if you buy two, you get the third for free. So if you buy the bundle, it's it's a good deal. Awesome. Um. Yeah. And through the Health Hacks, you'll learn how to deal with allergies and food intolerances, and the communicate, and you'll le- learn to that that the parts work that we discussed where you ask the symptom, what's going on, there's a manual, and then you'll learn what I call a pain hack. You know, a lot of people, um, can be left with residual pain. That's not necessary. Like they broke their leg, you know, a year ago and it's healed, but they still have pain. So you can, uh, look at how that looks in the body and change it. And normally the pain drops at least five points when you do that process.
0: Wonderful. Well, fantastic. That will be in the show notes for everyone as well. And thank you so much for being here today. I really enjoyed our conversation.
1: You're welcome. Thank you, Elizabeth.